Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's regretting having come out tonight in a coat. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. It was raining when I left home. What's going on? All right. Uh, <laughs> it was the thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening at home. And then I came here and it was quite hot through wearing a coat. It was me and one other guy in Leicester Square wearing a coat uh, in June. Anyway, thank you very much for coming, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Rich Chang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Though I, was hanging, I wrote this before. The people in the theatre will know just before... Uh, we came on, they were playing Tiger Feet. Uh, and I wrote this before that. I didn't plan that music. Uh, I was hanging around with darts and mud and racy on top of the pops in the 1970s. Um, uh, the ho- I can't remember the host was. It was one of the, uh, the ones who's not in prison. Uh, or dead. Uh, they call it Rallastapa, so I don't know. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? That's come together. Uh, so, uh, look, it's, this, uh, this one's going out... Uh, like a week after it was broadcast. So I can still just about get away with doing topical material again for the last time for a very long time. Uh, though I, what I quite like about this show, you know, it's, it's people in a week's time where we listen to this podcast go, well, why is he talking about Boris Johnson? So much else has happened since then. Uh, but for people who are listening to this in five or six years' time, it's like a little history lesson. People go back and listen. They go, I listened to you in 2016 and you said how it was going to be a great year and it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> And so you can see our, our hopes crushed as, 
<laughs> as we get older, it's like a sort of flick book of my soul uh, going through these 11 fucking years of this. <laughs> but um, uh, Pretty Patel has been made a dame. I thought I had to tell you she's been made a dame and that has made her, for me, even sexier than before. <laughs> I can't tell. They had a picture of her looking like a sort of reptile, I have to say, laughing. She's got more teeth than a human should have, right? But I, I don't care. I love it. And I want her, and now she's a dame even more so. Uh, though uh, Jacob Rees-Mock becoming a sir has made him even less sexually attractive than before, which is quite an impressive thing, because he was... Um, but there is some controversy about the Boris Johnson's uh, choices, uh, whether he's got, got his... One of them's a girl, no-one's sure if it's his daughter or he's been boffing her or both. You know, it's that's... No-one's sure what's going on. His hairdresser's got one. Uh, it's fine. I think they should... Anyone who's been recognised in this honours should have to put BJ after, at the end of it. So OBA BJ, and it is that because that is how most of them will have. <laughs> God. God. But it's all been happening. They've been re- people have been arrested. Politicians. I, mean, I never thought I'd see the day where politicians get arrested. Uh, for, and you know, you would never think that it would be a, her out of all of the ones as well. <laughs> if she's been arrested. What's going to happen to the rest of them? Now, people in ten years' time are going, who's he talking about? I'm not going to help you. Um, I'm not going to help you out. You're going to have to do some work. Um, uh, but lots has been going on. Uh, why didn't no one tell me uh, Pavarotti had died? Just found out that. I found out this week. It was in 2007. This one, this one isn't very topical. But it was a big shock to find out he'd gone. He's still doing the Go Compare ads. They must have... They must have recorded a load of them in advance. That's why I'm so confused by that. I did tweet that, and then someone said, Win Evans is still alive, isn't he? You've got to read all the tweets, haven't you? Um, and uh, I'm very sad to hear that the, the Unabomber has died. Uh, it's another piece of my childhood gone. Uh, say that. <laughs> Most of the people from my childhood, uh, did, you know, disgraced themselves later on. I mean, we found out later on. At least we knew what we were getting with the Unabomber. So I'd made my, I'd made my piece. Um, hey, look, uh, if you live elsewhere than London, uh, good news. And if you live in London as well, because we are going to be touring Rahalastapur from September right through, thank you, uh, to, um, to, I think, sort of March next year, 2024. Uh, we'll be announcing those tour dates at the end of June. So do hang on for that and wait for it. It's going to be very exciting. Oh, I'm very excited to be going around the country trying to book people in Exeter again. I can't wait, I can't wait. <laughs> I've already had the two most famous people in Exeter on. It's going to be very exciting to find out what's going on. We are coming to Exeter. Uh, there's, there's some news for you. Uh, look, my, let's crack on. My guest this week, uh, she was, I was worried she was going to be in the toilet, but she just came out beforehand and said it's all right, I couldn't go. So it's okay. She's definitely backstage. Uh, she's probably best known for her alternative commentary of the Eurovision Song Contest 2002 for BBC Choice. <laughs> I can't see it. She's been on, this is her third time on, and every single one of her credits is a fucking classic. You'd think you'd run out, but the, she's the alternative com- commentary of the 2002 Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> for BBC Choice. That's why we're here. We want to hear more about that. Will you please welcome the incredible Jenny Eclair, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jenny Eclair. <laughs> well, that's not going to be any good. Can't... 
I wanted to talk about that mainly. Well, you know, uh, also you mentioned Mud, the band yeah. Mud, the group, pop group Mud. I went to see them. I went to see them in Preston in about 1975. So I was 15 because I was born in 1960. It's very easy to do the math, <laughs> as the Americans say. And I went to see uh, Mud, and they had a, the tour was called Mud on the Road. Nice. And they had stickers. I remember buying stickers to put in my wardrobe. Like, and it was a triangle, like a warning triangle on a, in a car, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that. And it said mud on the road. I thought, very clever. And um, the lead singer, you know, very greasy, rather unattractive man. <laughs> and uh, is he dead? I'm not sure. Um, uh, I always get out. mud and I get mud and darts confused. The mud was... Mud was... was um, I can't remember yeah, his I name Yeah, I can picture him. I can't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Probably dead. Hair. Anyway, he came out and he said, you've all heard of Elvis the Pelvis. Mm. And we all went... <laughs> And then he said, well, meet his brother, Enos. The... And it was like the rudest thing I'd ever heard. It was marvellous. I was so excited. I used to love going to that. I haven't been to see a band for ages. I yeah. remember seeing the base of Girolas as well. Same place, Preston Guildhall. And um, I was always very needy for attention. And I decided that I'd try and get on stage. Um, and he got on... <laughs> I was pushing, 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 trying to get on stage. And then I, I, I got, kind of got caught down a sort of side slip bit like this. And I ended up backstage. And I, I thought, I genuinely thought I'd probably go out with one of them. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> was... You were too old for one of them. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. Yeah. Everybody from my childhood. I know, it's a terrible... I mean, time. I found some... I was looking for some old photos... <laughs> And I found I found a uh, sort of an, a diary entry that said I love Gary Glitter. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, it wasn't my fault. Don't look at me as if to say you weirdo, pervert, freak. <laughs> it wasn't me. I was twelve. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Since my Les unfortunately died, didn't he, from the basic rollers? My my sister loved the basic rollers. Well, that was the lead singer of yeah. Mud as well. His name oh, was Les, Les Gray. Yes, it was. Les Gray's... Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, Les Gray, because I used to do a joke about the portrait of Les Gray because Les Gray <laughs> d deteriorated very, very badly as he got older. <laughs> and so I had a joke yeah. about Les Gray having a portrait in the attic yeah. Can you uh, that stays now? the same as he gets very old. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I'm yeah. kind of with you. Yeah. I'm laughing and nodding along. Go on, but, then. Yes, it was Les Gray. Of course it was. Uh, but, yeah, she, my, my sister would still go and see Les McEwen. Sadly, he died, but she would go and oh, see him yeah. on tour very recently. So she was, she was obsessed with him still, even now as a lady in her early 60s. Yeah, well, that's kind of upsetting. It is. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> my love. <laughs> she's a very, you know, she's a, she's a very attractive woman. Does she still woman. wear sort of three-quarters length tartan trousers? She doesn't, trousers. but that's my main memory. I bought her a... One, one Christmas, I bought her a tartan lampshade for her room. That's how obsessed <laughs> she was. Uh, and um, she, did, she had all that gear in the, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, we used to tie tartan scarves around our wrists. And yeah. All yeah, it was great. It was a real movement. Yeah, and we all... I mean, we went to see them, and all I remember was uh, sort of thousands of girls my age, you know, sort of 14, 15, all screaming, ah, yeah. ah, ah, like that. Anything to drown them out, really. <laughs> That's a new joke. I wrote that joke the other day, and I thought, this is the first time I've used it. I've got to update some material for the, my own tour. I'm going out back on the road in uh, September. Sorry, back to me. And... Um, <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's quite hard work, isn't it, writing it is, new material? Yeah. And then learning it. Yeah. I don't mind writing these days. Learning material is so much harder. It really is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I was here yesterday. Was anybody here yesterday afternoon? Thanks for, thanks for bringing no. your audience with you, Jenny. <laughs> well, I, um, no, there's none. I Honestly, my audience smell different. Um, <laughs> We've like got to... quite a hip, young audience for Brahalaskar, <laughs> so... Uh... I'm still looking. <laughs> um, no, if you'd like to look on the floor, everybody, if you s- find any small blue biros, they're mine, OK? <laughs> I want you to put them on, th- on the side of the stage, because I forgot to ask them back. We were playing oh. Hypochondriacs Bingo. When everyone comes to see... <laughs> I don't know whether you've heard of my podcast. <laughs> my podcast? Mm, yeah. Sorry, our podcast, not you and me. No, not you and me. No, One no. day. No. Um, <laughs> um, I do a podcast with a woman who's even older than me. Her name is Judith Holder, and she used to be the TV producer of Grumpy Old Women, which is how we met. And we then went on to write the Grumpy Live shows, yeah. and Richard ed- edited one of them. And then we decided he was too expensive, <laughs> and we didn't need him for any of the other shows. Um, but it was good. It was good. And, it was good. Um, and so Judith and I have, have joined forces, and we do a podcast called Older and Wider. And it isn't older and wiser. And when people write that, I want to punch them in the face very, very hard. <laughs> Do you mind? Um, so it's older and wider. And we did a live version of the show, not for recording, because it's, it's a sort of live show as in a show, not a podcast. Yeah. Like a mini grumpy show, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's too good to give away for nothing on the internet. That's what you're saying. <laughs> unlike, unlike this. Yeah. Which is fine. Well, but they got goodie bags, Richard. They right. came in and they got a stripy bag, they got um, a <laughs> hypochondriac bingo card, they got a card to do some homework, they got a fucking pen that I forgot to ask them back, and they got two, they got a, a, a blackjack and a fruit salad. Nice. Just look at them, they've woken up now, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> there were sweeties in the bag. Wow. Um, yeah. And we had a very good time, actually. So I, I was listening to your podcast, Older and Wiser. Oh, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking about how you'd got hypochondriacs bingo worked out because you had to make sure that not too many people won, that yeah. only two people would win. Yeah. So how did that work out for you yesterday? Um, it was a, 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 well, something went horribly wrong. And I, <laughs> it, it, it must have been my fault because uh, Judith, uh, who I do the show with, her husband did maths and further maths at university. So he worked out this algorithm to do these hypochondriac bingo cards, right? So instead of numbers, you've got ailments on the card. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, what's funny about playing bingo with audiences is the posh people don't get it. <laughs> They start, they start looking a bit panicky. They go, Imogen, Imogen, do you, do you know what to do? Did, did you have a nanny who ever did this? Um, and um, so, yeah, we, we'd worked it out. And we had a sort of a, a, just a, sh- a small variety of cards and only two people should have won. Uh, anyway, I, I labelled the balls and I just thought, oh, that's quite boring. I'll put cystitis in. As soon as apparently... As soon as I'd put cystitis in and that came out, I'd fucked it all up. And a hundred people won. A <laughs> hundred people suddenly... Because they had to shout hospital, obviously. And suddenly a hundred hands went up going, hospital! And we couldn't give out a hundred mugs. No. No, there's not the money for that. <laughs> so we just made it null and void. Yeah, fair enough. Right, I'm with you now. That's Ask me good. something else. I will. Um, well, let's talk about uh, Taskmaster which I was delighted to... One person. Yeah. 
Who series. actually did see the, the recent series? Yeah, they all, yeah. That's how. Only so now. what? They all seen it, but only one person's cheering. <laughs> 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 so that's. I mean, I'm actually a little bit behind. I watched uh, I watched episode six. Well, you're doing really well, Jenny, yeah, so I, I presume you've won. That's what I'm yeah, presuming. You would think. You would think. <laughs> the thing with me, I'm full of promise, and then I, I always disappoint. It's kind of, you know, something I do and have done all my life. You know, nothing really changes. As I say, I, I was doing this research into something, and I had to look back at, you know, all my stuff from my past, and I found some old school reports. And I, literally, they could have been written by a Guardian comedy critic. <laughs> you know, that sort of slightly, oh, she's a bit noisy and silly <laughs> kind of stuff. I'm sure a Guardian critic has written about me in the past 10 years, sure. you know. Annoying, irritating. Jenny can be irritating and boring. You know, that kind of thing. I thought, oh, fucking hell, nothing's changed. Um, where were we, sorry? Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Well, you were, I don't think you were irritating and boring on Taskmaster. You were very I entertaining. I was fun. You, well, you were having a lot of fun. I, think, I don't think I've seen anyone enjoy a task as much as the one with the hat and the potatoes. Uh, I, honestly. In my life. I, I, I think I came several times. <laughs> I think, in fact, it is the only thing that will ever make me orgasm again. My poor partner is going to have to set up a conveyor belt and get me a double-topped hat. Um, honestly, I've never been so excited or thrilled in all my life. It was, it was absolutely magnificent. And I also get slightly horny in places like that, you know, disused warehouses and stuff. Yeah. They do something to me and great big machinery and everything, and I was already giddy. <laughs> they didn't need to do much. But, uh, <laughs> it's good. Alex Horn comes across as a very sexual figure through there. When I talk to, to uh, Taos, especially the female Taskmaster contestants, it turns out there's... There's a lot going on there beneath the surface of um, Alex Horn. I, I think, I, I, you know, I, I adore Alex, but Greg is the sex god. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think there are very many women my age that uh, wouldn't reverse their newfound frigidity for, <laughs> for Greg. You know, I mean, all of us have given up on sex, but there's a, you know, I can't be arsed, but, you know, I would, I would rewind. Okay. I'll let Not him know. me. No, don't. Oh, for God's sake, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Have I just said something stupid? <laughs> no, I think I think that he is an incredibly charismatic. He man. is, of course. Yeah, he is. I find him very sexy. Oh, I think. Well, he you know, I think it, throughout the generations as well, Greg has a lot of younger women who are very attracted to him as well. I think so he likes every... older women. I think, I think he, he does. Be... I think he likes them over sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a pervert. He's pretty, he, probably, he, probably, he almost certainly... certainly. So, opposite of Operation YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gerontophiles are a problem as well as people. So, yeah. That's what they're called. Gerontophiles. Um, I used to do a joke about that as well. That's how I, that's how I know. Yeah. Um, I, I could see the smirk about your lip. I can't said, remember what it was, yeah. but it was something about... Um, People got upset. Like, once I started talking about wanting to have sex with nine year old women, people get upset. You go, You're upset when people get have sex with young people. You're upset when people have sex with old people. I can't remember what no, it was. No. Uh, it was terrible. It was, it was back in the day when you could do jokes like that. You'd be cancelled now <laughs> saying, I want to have sex with a 90 year old woman. It's, that one's died, Rich. It has. It has. Uh, so. It took, you, were, you stopped watching Taskmaster because you were so annoyed about not being asked Furious. on it. I was absolutely livid. Uh, considering the fact that both of us belong to the management company who make <laughs> Taskmaster, <laughs> I had to wait 15 se seasons. 15. Yeah. I have been with this management company 
since I was 30. <laughs> I've been with them for 33 fucking years. <laughs> I have given them 15% of my life for 33 <clears throat> years. You'd think the least they <laughs> can... Uh, well, apparently, uh, when it was on Dave, they didn't want me. Oh, really? No. I think that's the same for me as well. I think they didn't want me on Dave either. Yeah, it's rude, isn't it? it is I mean, they have a list of people they want and people they don't want, yeah. and you're on the wrong list. Yeah. You think, oh, fuck you. Uh, obviously, I, sometimes I want to burn buildings down. <laughs> I genuinely do. I'm very, very angry. And, um, and eventually, when it went to Channel 4, they are a bit softer on me because I'd done some work for Channel 4. Mind you... <laughs> I had a lovely show on Channel 4, and it was an art show. Did anyone watch it? It was called Draws Off. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Absolute blank. Are you all working people? It's probably because <laughs> you're working people. I'm going to try and give you an excuse here, everybody. It was uh, about five o'clock in the afternoon, so you weren't back from work, were you? You could have streamed it, you could have watched it, you could have done all four. Fuck's sake, nobody tries. <laughs> and that's why it got cancelled. <laughs> I blame you. Um, so, but it was, I was I was so happy doing that show. I'm at my happiest in an art studio. I can't I can't paint. I can't. I dabble very very badly. But you know, it's where I, where I like to be. Sure. Uh, and um, anyway, they cancelled that. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a live drawing of a new drawing thing. So well, it, it was originally. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, both series were. The first series, uh, the twist in it, which I always knew would always be problematic, was uh, they were all amateur painters, and week, uh, day by day, there were five shows in a week, and day by day, each of the painters had to take turns in getting their kit off and right. being a life model. Okay. Well, there's some people, it's absolutely no problem. I used to be a life model. I used to life model for Cam at Camberwell Art School, and before that, in Manchester, I have no shame. <laughs> uh, I genuinely couldn't give a shit. Um, and, you know, I could do this naked. And, you yeah. know, you wouldn't enjoy it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, it'd be obsessing for a lot of people, but it just doesn't bother me. But for some people, it's quite a big deal. So I, I knew that that was, was going to um, shrink the number of applicants because you know, loads of people love to do um, paint nude people. They just don't want to be the nude person. Yeah, I think so it was, a, it was a silly thing. But anyway, I, I wanted to do an art show, so I said yes to it. And then series two, they got professional life models in so it was, it was much better but then right and i'm going to be dis indiscreet here good um i'm just going to burn some bridges yeah do I'm, I'm just what i'm doing is i'm i'm throwing a match and some petrol behind <laughs> me that's what i'm doing burning my fucking bridges what they decided to do is put a voiceover on it you know what a cheeky chappy channel four voiceover on top of it yeah and it completely ruined it and when i've heard the first episode and this voiceover, I, I lay on the floor and I wept. Right. Yeah. Is that in the second series? Also? Second so series. So they changed the format? They changed the, they tweaked ah. the format. In one direction, it was much better. In the other direction, it was a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, quite angry about that. Yeah, but you're allowed to be angry. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's part. But I'm wearing always, bright yellow Crocs. There's always been anger in you, Jenny. There's yeah. always been, you know, there's always been a... A fight. There's been a fight inside yeah. you. There's always been a spark of yeah. imminent vandalism if I don't get my own way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, so that is what makes you great. And that's also possibly, you know, where you're your own worst enemy. Yeah. yeah. But then Very that's what, so. but, it, but that's what, but it's still, you know, you're still getting the TV job. So it's still, it wow. is still. Not I'm, enough of them. <laughs> no one gets enough. That's why no, I'm doing that. That's yeah. why we're doing podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jenny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, 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 but that, it did. You did seem you did seem in Taskmaster less angry. I have to say. I mean, you got angry with some of the some of the uh, Alex. Oh, well, yeah, I, I, yes. Charmingly so. Well, he, Alex could trick me. I'm very gullible. Yeah. I'm a really gullible woman. You know, I've sort of fallen into that tra- trap of being a st- stupid old cow. <laughs> uh, and um, Alex, I, I could tell he was really enjoying it when he tricked me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, there was almost a catchphrase of, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. um, but I, no, I just. You don't get the opportunity that often to play, to, you know, regress to the playground and do stupid things for the sake of it. And I was brought up without television um, because we lived abroad. And it just reminded me of being, you know, seven. Yeah. And really having a laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and crashing barges. I mean, you nearly killed him, I guess. Yeah. So that would have been revenge yeah, for his yeah. there's, there's a sound engineer who still has tinnitus. <laughs> <laughs> because he was in the bowels of the boat and we really did crash it. You yeah. know? We, I was heavily bruised. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, listen, I've done loads of shows where I've ended up heavily br- bruised. I did Splash as well. Yeah. And I did a real belly flop during one of the practice sessions in Splash. I Honestly, the bruising was... It, it looked like I'd been in a massive car crash. Right. And they had to sort of get loads of body paint to try and cover it up for when I was doing the telly one. I know. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. <laughs> It's his own fault. I mean, someone's going to die on Taskmaster eventually. I... Well... <laughs> it's quite... You know, the, the health and safety is not paramount on uh, Taskmaster. Well, the, the, well, sometimes it is. Like, when I want to set fire to the curtains in the caravan... <laughs> yes, you, you know, um, With just my breath and a naked flame, <laughs> um, they, they got really uptight about it and they had loads of sort of fire extinguishers on hand. And yeah. in the end, it was just tiny... Um, I wanted a, a flamethrower, and oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, they were quite cautious with me, but I think they thought that I could easily kill them, break something, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, a hip could go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I did my... I did the Champion of Champions three weeks after my operation for... For your ball. For, for my ball, so yeah. I wasn't really meant to lift anything or do yeah. any vigorous exercise, <laughs> and I was carrying big pipes around, and yeah. Alex was just sitting back watching, and then eventually went... There aren't enough pipes to reach all the way. We've, te- we've tested it. Yeah. So get, after I've done it for 15 minutes. I know, well, I have no working left hand. and right. that, that, I got no credit for that. I mean, it works a bit, but it's not, it's not dexterous. I, um, I had a cartwheel-related injury. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people laugh at the idea of me cartwheeling. Um, Did it happen 55 years ago, Jenny? No, it happened two years ago. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was a, a stupid... I'm too old, I'm too fat, and I can't cartwheel. Uh, and consequently, there were consequences. And I broke my neck. Well, I didn't. Don't, be <laughs> don't believe a thing I say. I'm a liar. Um, I just... Uh, I, I did something quite bad to my neck, and I was in quite a lot of pain. And eventually I had to have an operation. And um, it has left me with a feeble... I have an enfeebled left hand. Right. Um, so I can't knit. Oh, <laughs> Never could. <laughs> Never interested. Never no, no. I mean, it, I really, genuinely can't. And it, it doesn't. It's a bit slow. It's a yeah. bit behind. Uh, but it looks it, fine. You'd see yeah, me moving uh, it around a lot at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It, it's still. I could still have a wank with it. <laughs> yeah. I could be bothered. You know what I mean? And it would feel like someone else's hand. Yeah, it definitely would. More so because it's a bit delayed. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. yeah. I do. 
if I could be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Completely lost my train of thought now, thinking of, uh, thinking of that. Uh, you know, it's sort of, I, I think for both of us, because we've known each other a very long time, actually. It's, it's ridiculous. Like half um, of our, over, over half of our lifetime. Yeah. Actually. I mean, uh, I think that when I first met you, I'd only just had Phoebe. Yeah. So that's 34 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Phoebe, your daughter Phoebe, we've both got a daughter called Phoebe, um, was, you know, would come to our flats in Edinburgh when she yeah. was like three or four. I remember, definitely yeah, remember that. Yeah, I used so. to send her out flyer fly rigging <laughs> and, uh, and sort of sticking, you know, we, I, well, those back in the days when we used to have to put our own posters up. Yeah. And I literally had a bucket of glue and a, a brush and a roll of posters. And, of course, she was very tiny and she could only put them at the bottom of lampposts. <laughs> and consequently, you know, all my posters were very low down in Edinburgh because they'd been put up by a six-year-old. And so I'd walk through Edinburgh and there'd just be dogs pissing on my face. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's sort of... I, I, we're, I, you, you feel still like a very young person to me. I'm just listening to older and wider... I got there. Well, uh, thank I, it's you. almost like I did it on purpose the first time. Uh, <laughs> then I suddenly thought, oh, I'm not sure now which one it is. Um, <laughs> you know, it's sort of it's sort of weird to hear you talking about you know middle aged gardening and uh, those sort of pursuits now because I still the the you're still young at heart. And, well, uh, there's a, um, I think I'm a sort of odd mix, but I, I hang around with the wrong people and I'm yeah. very very easily led. So I do the podcast with Judith, and we, I think we are very yin and yang of, uh, you know, where there's two sides of the same coin. She's quite a bit older than me. She's five years older than me. And um, she's like another older bossy... I've got one bossy older sister. I don't know why I need another, but I love her very much. And she lives in a sort of thatched cottage in the countryside. She rides an electric bike with a basket on the front and all that shit. Um, (laughs) I live on a bus route in south-east London. I'm very proud to say. (laughs) And I think that because our podcast is very skewed at women and maybe older women but we do have a lot of women in their 30s listening and they listen we've had some really touching emails from women who say my own relationship with my mother is very toxic and I enjoy listening to you and Judith because it reminds me that those relationships mother-daughter relationships don't have to be toxic you know because we talk about our daughters and you know our grandchildren she's trumped me she's got twins um, you know, that, that's... We, we, on stage yesterday, part of the live podcast, we do something called the Pandemic Diaries. We look back at the diaries we wrote. And one of my entries is, Judith is probably going to get a dog. I'd rather she got a dog than a grandchild or a kiln. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the end, we both had grandchildren within sort of five months of each other. And, yeah. um, you know, there's... So there's a lot in common, but also... I, uh, she's a lot more um, uh, respectable than me. Yes. I've taught her to swear. Yes. And she's taught me to wear a gilet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good relationship, but it does go back a long way, and it makes me realise that when you started doing Grumpy Old Women... We were you were really young. You were really young. So really you were like, were you even for you were about 40? 45. Right, okay. And I still had a jawline. <laughs> we have slides of that in the show, and it is, we do look... Like we're in the upper six. <laughs> it's bizarre. And we were, yeah, we had grumpy old women in the West End. Yeah. Um, the first show went to the West End and it did all round, I like to say round the world, but it was Australia and Iceland and Finland. Um, but that, you know, ooh, that was unattractive. Um, and um, yeah, so 
so uh, yeah, it's, it's just something, and I think particularly during the pandemic, um, it was not a lifeline for some people, but some people are, are lonely. And some people, particularly during the pandemic, they were stuck in hospital and they weren't allowed any visitors. Yeah. And they just wanted, you know, people that they felt very familiar with just yattering on in their ear. Yes. And that was us. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is where podcasts do seem to be slightly different than any other medium. So much that you, so. That you do get a lot of, you know, I, I, and I never expect, especially with a lot of my sillier stuff, you never expect anyone to go, oh, this really helped me through this difficult time. Yeah. But pretty much everything, even stone clearing has helped some <laughs> people through their difficult time one way or the other. So, you know, it's, it's, it is, it is, there is an intimacy to it that I think, and because it is, uh, we were saying backstage, you know, to do something that's pretty much all improvised is, is a very interesting way of going. And it, it's, got, it's got no filter on it either. Yeah. It doesn't have to go through producers. It's yeah. not a Radio 4 programme. It doesn't have to have approval. You don't have... You know, there isn't all that red tape and you don't have... I mean, I, I love working for Radio 4, but, you know, if you have an idea, it's 18 months before it even goes to the offers round, you know, or yeah. it goes in the offers round, then you wait six months and then it might be a yes, it might be a no... It's it's it moves like a glacier, yes. and, and I think a lot of people. Are, there's a huge amount of talent in this country, and I think a lot of people just got sick of waiting for their break on Radio Four and being chosen yes. uh, by the BBC, and just thought, oh fuck it, I'll do a podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's awful because no one gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> We've completely screwed it all up for ourselves, but there we go. But You're then, all right. but you know, some people do get paid, and some people, yeah. you know, as the same fact, Adam, who's on. Uh, actually is, is going to be on, if you're listening at home in a few weeks, uh, is, you know, they've done incredible stuff. So, like, so some of them will just take off yeah. and become, you know, multi-million pound stuff. Almost. Absolutely. And we started the exact same day as the Chris and Rosie Ramsey. Uh, yeah. Snog, marry... Avoid. Uh, shag, or is it... Sh- sh- I think it's... I can't, can't, snog, it marry, called? avoid... Shag married. Shagged, one? married, annoyed, that's it. And that has gone stratospheric. Yeah. Um, that is is made by the same people. <laughs> we got the same fucking producer. She's an award winning producer. She's won the best podcast at the Comedy Awards last two years running, but not for our podcast. For another podcast, infuriating. But she's good. She's yeah. called Daisy Knight, and she is phenomenal. She is fantastic. But you know, you've got like you say, you've got you find your own audience, and you know, and you, and there's a security in that. However. Wherever it, wherever it's placed, really, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting way to go. It, it is, and they are incredibly supportive of each other. And I think that what we want to do, particularly, I don't know whether anybody here has come by themselves tonight. Yeah, good. <laughs> good, because what we wanted to do, particularly, was to uh, create a, a, a very safe environment for people that... Uh, especially, you know, listeners who... who you know, podcast is quite a private thing to listen to. You don't often listen to podcasts en masse, really. Um, so you, you develop a relationship with people almost individually. And we very much wanted the people who felt they knew us to feel that they were very welcome to come by themselves, not to have to wait to see if Wendy could, you know, change her shift and come, you know, next Saturday or whatever. Um, Sometimes it just, just come by yourself, go to the theatre by yourself, it's all right. Um, And we need your money. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come to this one on your own because my audience are very strange. Um, And they will not leave you alone. (laughs) 
no, do come on your own. It's uh, it's absolutely right. It, but it is, you know, it, it does feel like you know, it does feel like a community, and you do get to know yeah people individually, and you know, so it, it, you know, it's it, it is a lovely thing, and I think it does feel well, we, it feel like I mean, it belongs to everyone. But they, yeah, you the know, audience, they, you know, doesn't. helped us create the show. They yeah. have we have uh, something called hobby good and hobby crap. Uh, it's mostly hobby crap because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of dabblers, a lot of middle-aged ladies who think, you know, oh, I'll just crochet that and then fucking hell, it's a, what, it's a mess? And they send the photos in and we, we exploit them. <laughs> <laughs> good. It's a good idea. Um, I just want to tell you, when I was searching for Jenny Eclair, yeah. uh, related searches come up. Oh. Right, you're not going to like this. Uh, this first related search is Jenny Eclair Young. So people are looking... <laughs> People, oh, people are wondering. Looking at photos people, of me when I was yeah, younger. I think trying to work out if you were ever young, or <laughs> I guess you go on a lot about how good looking you, which you know you were. I was, I was a corker. I was, and, I was. And a you still very, are, Jenny. But no, I was, I was a very beautiful woman. From yeah. there was a sort of slice of a, a sort of window of opportunity yeah. when I was really stunning, <laughs> uh, and the combination, the combin, the magical combination. It was smoking, and yoga. And I really must take up smoking again. <laughs> because, I, honestly, I was I'm absolutely... I've, as I said, I've been looking at these old photos. I'm almost unrecognisable. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, who's this absolute stunning fucking beauty? <laughs> I look at my partner and I think, well, you know, we've been together 40 years. He's turned into a sort of Toby jug. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I've been... You know, Jeff, you know, uh, we've been together for 40 years. He's quite enigmatic. He never comes to see my shows. He came once and it was a disaster and he thought he was a jinx and he's never been since. But he's, he's in his 70s now and he's very distinguished. He's got a lot of white hair and all the moustache and beards and all that sort of thing. Uh, and he is so much that type of looking bloke that just before Christmas last year, he was approached on the street by the local primary school <laughs> to be their father Christmas. <laughs> That's not the way to get a Father Christmas for your primary school, I have to say. That's a very dangerous way to go. Just, oh, just approach men on... Bearded men on the streets. Yeah, yeah. And then a parade a load of kids to sit on his knee. Yeah, but no, he'd be safe. Well, I, I had the same thing. I tweeted about it earlier. I feel like someone sent me a picture of me in Fist of Fun, and it's absolutely... Oh. I can't imagine that's the same person. You were fetal. I'm I mean, so young. so young. I, I was not good-looking, but I was young. Well, yeah... You've aged well, actually, <laughs> out of all of us. You have aged the best because you've got good hair. You've got good hair. You've got a mane still. I do. Yeah. Disney. You are Leoness. <laughs> I am. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but the second search, to take away from my beautiful hair, um, related search is Jenny Claire Young, Jenny Claire, Heidi High. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Second. A, listen, she gets it as well. Port, Sue Pollard, right, she gets stopped and people say, oh, I thought you were great in Taskmaster. And um, the difference is, right, she's ten years older than me, <laughs> for fucking starters. She's got good legs, got really good thin dancer's legs, right, and she can sing. Yeah. I have the legs of a fat miniature dachshund. <laughs> and... Um, I can't sing. Right. So it's very easy to know which is which. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's about someone to get the point where they've got your name. It's not like the girl from Heidi. Jenny Eclair. 
Heidi High, I'm convinced. Yeah, I know, I know. And people think they're really fucking funny when they tweet me. They said, oh, I thought you were Sue Pollard. Yeah, blah, blah, fucking fish goes. I'm bored shitless of that. <laughs> So there's a, there's a lot. You, you are doing like a lot of different things, and you obviously got your fantastic um, uh, career as a novelist, which we we have talked about in the, the, on the last. That's uh, podcast. a bit stalled at the moment, yeah. and, and and a huge source of grief and unhappiness and fury. <laughs> Good. I want to make you angry. Oh no! I I, I started writing my seventh novel. Uh, just bang that in. Um, <laughs> Oh, God, can I tell you something funny? I did say it on the podcast, our podcast last week, but it's, I'll say it now. I've written a number of, uh, of novels, and they are very dark, some of them quite bleak. They're not, ha, 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 funny. The nicest one was the one I, uh, that came out last year, which was a young adult book called The Writing on the Wall, which is the sweetest, nicest thing I've ever written. Um, but some of them, particularly the first one, Camberwell Beauty, is a, is a very bleak book. And I, because I've recently become a grandmother, I, I sort of accidentally joined Gransnet. Have you ever <laughs> been on Gransnet? It's fucking mental, right? <laughs> Mumsnet is all right, and I stand by Mumsnet for advice. And if ever I'm feeling anxious about, you know, something about the baby, I'll, I'll do a Mumsnet trawl. Um, Mumsnet is quite bitchy, healthily bitchy which I like, you know. <laughs> Mum's net is all stuff like, uh, I think my sister-in-law is a silly slag for wearing a red lace jumpsuit for my wedding, you know. <laughs> and my, a grand's net is all, what's your favourite cake? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm doing, I, I, I hit grand's net on my computer and the forum for the day, have you ever thrown a book in the bin? Wow. I shouldn't have clicked on that. <laughs> I shouldn't have fucking clicked on that, should I? I, I clicked on that, and the, it came up. It was like, Camberwell Beauty by Jenny Eclair. When I got to the bit about the baby, I was so upset and disgusted, I threw it in the bin. And I thought, well, that what happens with the baby is in the last five pages of the book. So right. you've, you've fucking read it <laughs> to page 395 before you threw it in the bin. Yeah. So that taught me a lesson. <laughs> I would be, you know, I, I, you know, I know it's that's hard, but I'd also think, wow, of all the books that there are in the world, someone had my book and threw it in, threw a, it in bin. a bin. I'd yeah. be glad that they at least had the. True, the... I was in quite good company. Someone yeah. said my husband threw Martin Amos's money in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> one, I think it was one of mine. There was one. Was it Red Stalin? Did he write that? Some red was that? Not Martin Amos. No. Who's that? Maybe did. Quick, someone Google Google. No, there's, there's, there was some book that fell. I was started reading and I hated it, and it fell in the bath. I left uh, it on the side of the bath and it fell in the bath and I was... Oh, are you God. glad? Yeah. I was really... Yeah. <laughs> I was only about ten pages in and I was really yeah. pleased. I left a Will Self book in the hotel <laughs> once Self, and actually. I was really fucking glad. <laughs> I thought, you know, even if I was at the end of the corridor, even if I hadn't got into the lift, I'm still not going back to that piece of shit. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. But you've, been, you've, you've, written, you've, written, you've written a book of older and wider, and, and uh, which is, uh, it all ties into your anger. The menopause is... The menopause was very good to me. It's yeah. a bit like your testicle yes. story. You know, you lost testicle and made a lot of money out yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I went through the menopause and, and um, got some money out of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I wrote a book and, and shows and stuff like that. And of course, it's, it's very fashionable now, the menopause. I was like 10 years too early. Well, but then, you, you know, you're the, you're, you, you blaze a trail in, I, I, in all of these things that, that people I, follow. But, but it's also really, you know, it, it, that I think the menopause is something that really wasn't spoken about and still isn't really... A, oh, I think a, a, it's, I think it's starting I mean, to happen now. I think but. it's a myth that it's taboo because I think women do talk about it. I think it's, it's very dependent on whether the media wants to listen yes. to women talking about it. And they only really decided that it was interesting when um, Davina sort of put her hand up and said, you know, this is a nonsense, and I respect her for it. But people were talking about it before, but there's, there's been a complete... Um, Almost agreement from the media saying we are now listening. Yeah, and it was it's 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 infuriating because they they could have done it before and they didn't. Yes, and I'm very glad they're doing it now because I think people are a lot more informed. And you know, I will take HRT till I die. And you know, people say why, and I say because it's it's exactly like driving an automatic car. It just makes my life easier. You know, why would I bother with it? <laughs> um, you know, and I think going through life without HRT is a bit like... And trying to do a fucking hill start. <laughs> you know that terrible... Finding the biting point. I can't... I don't want to be doing that. Yeah. No, why would you do that? Does anybody drive a non-automatic car? Wow. Really? I don't know whether to despise you or admire you. I've decided to admire you and despise you. 
Oh, well, I think in 10 years, like for my kids, I think the idea of anyone driving a car will seem oh, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So, know. like, the, so the cars aren't going to drive themselves. So they, they'll look back and go, and there were people who had the choice of not doing that. <laughs> and they still went, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they thought it made them proper drive, it made them in control of the whole car. Yeah, yeah. My car chooses the gear before a higher gear and the lower gear while it's in gear. You've got so an electric it, so car. So it immediately goes to the next one, whichever. I have got an electric How much car. does it cost? I can't speak. How much is it? How much does How it cost How much to charge overnight? Oh, well, it'll probably, like, more than it used to, but I don't know, not very much. Okay. I mean, it's because electricity... Can you get solar panels put on your car? I think someone was talking about doing that. So it was, I think uh, uh, um, Crichton. I thought I was going to get a laugh. What's his name, Crichton? Rich. Robert, Robert. Uh, I thought I was going to get a laugh from that. <laughs> it can, it's true. I think, he can, I think he can do it. I think he's got solar panels on his house, and so he charges it from his house. Uh. But I think... I'm bored now. There might be. You might be. <laughs> They're good. They're good. They're uh, expensive, though. At That's this the point in Older and Wider, we have something called Snore Law. Where right. If Judith's boring me or I'm boring Judith, we just go like this. <laughs> and the other one has to stop okay. immediately. Well, we'll go by Bore Law, but that's going to be difficult. Snore Law. <laughs> Snore Law. <laughs> the trouble is, I've got quite bad sinuses. Yeah. So if I, do, if, if I evoke Snore Law too much, I inflame my sinuses. Okay. And I've just got a little bit of uh, phlegm in the back of my throat. It's come, <laughs> come up as a result of it. Post-nasal drip. <laughs> yeah. Got to watch that. Mm. I've got... <laughs> if you want to talk... I've, got, I've been into the doctor today... Oh! ..because I was a bit dizzy, but it was because my ear's blocked. Ah. So I've got well. to get my ear going... <laughs> Ah, that in there. right. Well, wow. I similarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe we have, can't believe this hasn't fallen roll. victim to the board draw, snore draw. Well, I Jump. went to. Uh, I found there was a, a hearing place just down the road from me, and I couldn't get a doctor's appointment. But I knew something was wrong because one ear felt peculiar, and I, I, when I blew my nose, I could. It was like hearing the sea through a shell. And I went down there, and I thought it was going to be wax. And she said, no, you have perforated your own eardrum. I'd had such a bad respiratory yeah. sort of chest infection and cold and cough and everything. I'd sneezed so hard, I'd blown my own fucking eardrum out. <laughs> yeah. That beats me. Why do ears um, create wax that can... I mean, what did they do in the Stone Age when they didn't have olive oil to, put, to pour? And you can pour olive oil in, that'll make it yeah, go away. yeah. I think what they did was they put poked a stick down it. Yeah, but I poke sticks down there. Yeah. That's the pr- I poke. I mean, I poke <laughs> Q-tips down there. Yeah, I and think then it's all compacted, and yeah. I've just compacted it. Most of them couldn't hear anything. Right. I mean, they died, didn't they? Died before. And they died. It. They before, died before it yeah. became an issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got eaten <laughs> by a diplodocus. Um, uh, you were on this morning. I was watching a clip of you on this morning talking to. Uh, Philip Schofield about uh, school proms. He, might, he was very interested in the about, subject for some reason. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> about? About school proms. You were saying that you thought there shouldn't be school proms. Yeah. And Philip Schofield was going, shut up, Jenny! <laughs> there should! There should, they should let celebrities come. I, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. No, but I've done, I have done this morning quite a lot. Yeah. And I remember sort of... Uh, the last time Tox- I did... Was it toxic? Was it toxic? I've yeah? never found it so, but then no. I'm so toxic myself. <laughs> that I kind of bring my think own it was, toxicity. I think it was you. It's just the people... Think, that All the people were there the day you were there going, there's a very toxic there's environment here. a toxic here. atmosphere, and I'm thinking, well, I'll take it everywhere I fucking go. But I remember sort of catching... I was sitting next to that Holly girl, Holly Willoughby, yeah. and um, I caught sight of us on the monitor together, 
And it was so cruel. <laughs> it was so... The sort of juxtaposition of this fresh-faced young woman and then me looking a bit kind of, you know, whatever, beside her. And I just thought, I'm never sitting next to her again. Um, but, no, I, I think that... I mean, there were rumours and things, but I had no idea that it, was, it had gone to the extent it had. And it's just so sad. And I think that... Uh, we are a nation that loves to see people suffer very badly and there's a sort of schadenfreude and, and, uh, but he did behave. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible it mess. Is, it's a, it is difficult. Yeah. Be, be, you're right, there were people were wanting to go for him for whatever reason, maybe for the right reason, but maybe... But also for, beca- yeah. you know, because he had everything and now he's lost it all and he has lost it all. And he'll that be, must be... be back. Oh, I don't know how. I mean, it must be such a difficult thing to wake up in the morning and realise that you are you and you are in your skin and you cannot get out of it. Yeah. And I, I think, that, you know, it's... Uh, uh. There's, there's an advantage not being on TV, isn't there, Jenny? It's <laughs> quite... Not. It's an advantage not being on the telly. <laughs> it's OK. We'll still be able to wake yeah, up and yeah. ask in. Um, sorry, yes, I, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> But now I've thought about it. So you're look, you've done a show. You've pissed on my chips because your last bit major tour was about turning sixty, and I've been I've been doing I've been building up to that. I did yeah. forty, fifty, and I was getting ready to do oh shit, I'm sixty. I did and think now about you've, you. I now did. You've pissed when I, all over my chips. When I was doing the photo shoot, <laughs> and uh, they had a big inflatable balloon thing, and I yeah. said, oh, I think Richard Herring did that for fifty. I can't do that. Um, so they they just put I had a, a a comedy pair of glasses with sixty on. Yeah. I mean it was it was just an easy thing because I tur- I mean I was struggling a bit with the show and then the pandemic was almost a gift because you know it kind of it gave me a hook to hang the turning sixty thing on because um, I basically I, I did turn sixty on the day it, it arrived you know and I just got my over sixties London bus pass yeah amazing and i wasn't allowed to use it because all of a sudden <laughs> it was it was key workers only and i'd be on the sofa at home and i live on a main bus route and there's you know four <laughs> fucking big red buses going up and down that and i'd be sitting on the sofa looking at the buses thinking if it wasn't for this pesky pandemic <laughs> i could be sat on the top of that 176 going all the way to penge <laughs> for nothing <laughs> And I, I am a huge London bus user, and it is my most treasured possession, my bus pass. I oh. absolutely fucking love it. <laughs> I can't believe you get it at 60. That you get seems, it at 60. If you live in London, <laughs> if you live in London, if you don't live in London, you don't. Tough titty. Oh. You've got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's not like... Most comedians do these coming, turning different ages. But I guess not many comedians get to be 60 years old. Some of them die. And, Too many. Uh, and quite a lot of them give up doing stand-up before they're 60. So it is quite an unusual... I don't think anyone else has done a... I'll, I'll also be 70 before you, you are. You will be. So, you know, I'll, I'll well, have Well, I don't think one. I'm going to get to 70, so... Of course you, know. you will. <laughs> I'm happy, 65. You might not have any balls left, but you'll, be, <laughs> you know, you'll get to 70. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, I, my joke about fifty was um, it was the penultimate one in the in the in the, in the series. Oh, three hundred fifty is the penultimate face, the penultimate one. So what, I thought you I'd think only you'll to, only get to six. I'll only get to six. Sixty. I'd be happy with sixty-seven, something like that. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? What before you die? Yeah. 
Don't be stupid. <laughs> 67 would no. be all right. No, I mean, you know, that, no, Jeff's 74. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people are older than that. I do know. Yeah, I do. Some, yeah. some people do live longer than that. I mean, if he, if, he go, if he goes the same way as my mum, I will shoot him, obviously. But, um... <laughs> my kids will be growing up. As long as they don't have any more, my wife keeps on kind of talking about having another kid. Does she want another? <sighs> really? It's too late now, isn't it? The, one, the youngest one's five. Nearly yeah, six. Yeah, I, 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 it's hard. Work. I mean, what do I? I mean, what do I know? Quite a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I've got a ten-month-old grandson, yeah. and to be quite honest, I mean, I am besotted. But if my daughter turned around and said, "I think I might have another," I go, "You're fucking not." Because <laughs> well, I'm not doing Wednesdays with a second. I'd, and I just think that sort of what is the childcare in this country is an absolute mess, and you see increasing numbers of women my age struggling and swearing. The swearing in the parks now is fantastic because <laughs> it's all women my age who can't collapse the buggies. Oh, God, you fucking cunting fucking thing. <laughs> just fucking just collapse, you shit bad fuck. <laughs> and, and eventually someone has to come and help you with the buggy because I don't have a working left hand. And you've got to press, got to press two fucking buttons at the same time, right? At either side, the fucking buggy cunt. And... Um, the baby's lying on the floor at this point, crawling off, and I'm, I'm trying try to get a fucking cunt, shit, fucking buggy in a cunting car. And, what, and someone's helped me. I've got it in the boot, and then I've got to get, pick the fucking baby up and get him in the fucking car and in his fucking cunting car seat. <laughs> I can't wait for his, for his first words. <laughs> cannot, cannot, cannot wait. I think it might just be... <laughs> well, I feel when I listen to your podcast, I feel slightly jealous because you know you're you're a few years older than me, but only a very few years older than me. But you live this life where you can go to art galleries and have lunch with your friends and stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't I'd, have lunch with my I'm friends. To, I haven't got any friends. You, do, you had lunch, and you're glad it was a short lunch. Because uh, your your friend who works in costume design was going to work oh on we we had brunch which is the okay. solution to okay. everything because okay. it just it can never be more than two hours and that's enough for me I don't want I want when I get an invitation I want it to say one till three or I don't want I don't want open ended <laughs> uh, yeah no, no I do go to a lot of galleries um, we are members of most galleries um, I live in London um, I have a free um, transport card. Um, you know, and it, the Jeff is in sort of, he's a designer, so um, being a member of galleries is tax deductible. We see everything. The Rossetti, by the way, is very disappointing. Um, but yeah, I'm a big, big gallery so fan. That's the nice thing about having your kids. I left, you know, I've left having kids quite late, yeah, which did. means that the rest of my life is just bringing up kids. That's why I hope I die. <laughs> <laughs> Quite just soon. bailing out. That's yeah. just bailing out, <laughs> really, soon. isn't it? Yeah. But I'll never really get to the point where I can just go, oh, I'm going to go off on a continental holiday without the kids now. It's never going to happen. I'll be too old. If I survive, I'll just, I'll just go... Oh. Hold on. Um, how old's your Phoebe now? She's eight. And my, She's son, eight. And my boy's five, so that's... And he's you a boy, need... and he's very, you know, he's very like me, so he's going to be 40 before he's left home. <laughs> <laughs> and he can look after himself. Yeah. So yeah. that's me done. But at even even twenty. So if he's he's got I've got to get fifteen more years. Yeah, you do. That's seventy. So that's seven. That's seventy. He might manage one gentle hiking holiday <laughs> in the Pyrenees, <laughs> okay. but on the on the nursery slopes yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be going skiing. 
No. Yeah, that's fucked. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Maybe a little caravan holiday in the Lake District. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. But yes, it's it, you know that's it's a that's a nice it's a nice life you've got, Jenny, isn't it? You're writing, you're doing bits of telly. Not enough do, telly. Doing your, a podcast. I'm very angry about no, that. No, you get angry, but <laughs> that's what you have to do. You did. You were in an award-winning short film with me. It was very short. Do you oh. remember when you did that sketch about the yes! menopause with the drunk women who solving crime? It was the hottest day ever. It was hot. Yeah, I looked a terrible state. It was really, really... You looked all right, but no, I was, I was very sweaty in that. But the girls did well. Yeah. It was your missus. It was my missus and her friends, and, and it won the Writers Guild Best Internet Award or something. I didn't, I didn't get a voucher or anything. But there you go. You're very good in it. Very, you're going to do more acting because you're a fantastic actor? I'm not. That's the trouble. I would if I could, but yeah. I, ne- I can't even convince myself. Right. Because I went to drama school. I'm trained. And, um, you know, I... Even then, and I desperate... I thought that's what I wanted to be. I, you know, as a very young person, as a sort of five, I thought I'm going to be an actress. Going to be an, I knew that I belonged on stage entertaining, but I... You know, there weren't very many role models at that time. A, I didn't have television. I was, at, you know, my dad was very, very funny, and my mother was slyly funny. Nobody realised how funny she was until my dad was out of the picture, and then everyone thought, "Oh no, June is quite funny," but my father was loud and exuberant. Um, and um, so, yeah, I went to drama school, and as we started doing all the exercises, I suddenly felt, for the first time in my life, really self-conscious. And I, I just, I never convinced myself. I'd have this voice running through my head going, you know, I was playing Jocasta in Oedipus Rex or something. And there'd be a voice commentating in my head going, oh, look at you. Look at you <laughs> pretending to be a Roman lady. Oh, look at you with your lace-up sandals, with the thing, the strings that come up your calves being all Roman. And I never could get rid of that yeah. voice in my head. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Pe- taking the piss yeah. out of every sort of, you know, bit of character acting I was doing. So um, I did realise, and that voice went when I started doing what I did myself. I've got a niece at Lambda at the moment. She's staying with us. Because um, they can't get fucking flats, can they? No. They can't. It's embarrassing if she's up in the top room. She's unstacked the dishwasher three times since September. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but her drama school, she's at Lambda, and yeah. they work them so hard. That drama school is worth every single penny. Mine was not. Mine, I was at Ma- Manchester Poly School of Theatre in the late 70s when, you know, the, the, li- the, the sort of lines between tutors and pupils were very blurred. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, that's all, all I'm going to say. And it was... It was a lazy kind of not very good course. I I I, I realise now. Yeah. Um, seeing what my niece gets up to. I mean, they are they are trained. They are trained. Yeah. Well, you write the things for Radio Four. You sort of do those Radio Four. Well, sadly, no? um, I think that we did seven series. Was it six or seven series? And I there's a new controller, and I think she's decided. Um, you know, it's time to let other people have a go. Yeah. Shit, fuck, I'm fucking... <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just thinking about the car seat. Uh, no, it's, it's you know, it's, I, I, I was so fortunate with those. We did, uh, I mean, there are about 40 of them. They're all on the back catalogue on BBC Sounds. The 15-minute monologues, they are marvellous. And 
That was, that was meant to be a joke. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I got really good actresses. I mean, I, I you know, I, I got the, the cream of kind of British actresses doing them for, you know, quite crap money. It's Radio 4, but they, you know, I was very lucky. Try and think of all the names now, like Harriet uh, Walter. Harriet Walter? That doesn't sound right. I think that's an actress. Harriet Le- Walter. Leslie Manville did Leslie one. Manville. All the all of them did it. Yeah, yeah. And there are loads of other names that I can't remember. I'm sorry, but you can find them. <laughs> There's your homework. They're quite tired now, this lot. They're they, fine. They're just, you know... Well, I don't know. Okay, don't know. Well, Should we get I'll, a different audience in for next week's show? It's, it's quite important that they're enjoying themselves. I've, I've found they're lulling now, Rich. It's all right, but this is the bit where they're just listening for a while. They will do something funny it's and then we'll get It's making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> is it's, it all right? It's smashing. Loses, loses. Uh, okay, good. Well, if you're bored, look at my Crocs. <laughs> if you're bored, it... look at my crotch. <laughs> I'll ask you an emergency question. That's what they're for. If you okay, think it's an emergency, okay. this is what this is one created by, by AI. I don't even have to oh. do it anymore. This one's been. This one's actually been golden every single time so far. It can go wrong, but let's find out. What is the most ludicrous thing you've ever done in the name of love, Jenny? The most ludicrous thing? The most ludicrous thing you've ever done in the name of love. Okay. Well, it's not particularly ludicrous. Um, It was was theft. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was very, very sweet teenage theft, though. I had a boyfriend who I was absolutely besotted with. I was about 17 um, and still at school. And he was very into black and white movies. And there were these annuals in the school library. uh, And they were called Morris Speed, I think. Morris Speed annuals. And they were a a particular type. uh, And they had all the black and white photos in. And I stole every single one of them from the school library. And then on the last day of term, the headmistress would stand up and she'd she'd, um, read out a list of all the books that were missing from the school library. And it was all Morris Speed Annual, 1957. <laughs> Morris Speed Annual, 1958. Morris Speed Annual, 1959, all through to 1969. There were about 12 of them. I did very well. <laughs> did very well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's about it, though. Yeah. What did you do? Did you give... Did you, God, I gave him them. You gave, you gave him the books? Yeah, gave Aww. him the books. It was sweet. I've never been... Jeff, um, I've never done anything nice for Jeff. No. Yeah, I've kept, <laughs> I've kept him on his toes for 40 years. Yeah, I feel sorry for Jeff. I've, everyone feels sorry for Jeff. Yeah. People refer to him as Saint Jeff. <laughs> Is he happy? Is he oh, ha- he's never been happy no. since I came into his life. No. <laughs> he's always had a hunted look, a haunted, hunted look. Um, yeah. I mean, he has to eat secretly, has a glove box full of chocolate bars. Okay. Because I don't have a sweet tooth, so I never buy anything sweet or chocolatey. So, but he's not allowed to eat chocolate? No. And uh, so he squirrels away in the glove box. Sometimes I just open it and loads of Twixes <laughs> fall out. <laughs> you met him under a car, I read today. Um, we did meet. I, he was under a car. Yeah. I was walking past. I was, I was um, living in Camberwell. I'd come down. I'd run away from Manchester because... I was meant to be being a pop star, and they found out in the studio I couldn't sing. Um, I mean, li- I really couldn't sing. Not just funny can't sing. I mean, fucking tone deaf, right? And, um, yeah, so I ran away, 
and I was, uh, I got this bed sit in Campbell and I was very unhappy and the man used to go through my knicker drawer. So I, uh, it just, it was the very early 80s, it was awful. And I got a job in a wine bar in Camberwell and there was this very beautiful black girl called Ruth and she was married to Joe Jackson, the pop singer. Well, do you remember? Do. Don't you know that it's different for girls? We're yeah. all the same. That's it. Do you see? I've just demonstrated yeah. I can't fucking that sing. That was all right. None you... of you recognise the tune. Anyway, uh, she said, oh, Joe's away touring. Why don't you come and live with me for a bit? I'm lonely. So I went and lived with her. And uh, it was on Campbell Grove. Do you know Campbell Grove in Campbell? There you go. So beautiful road it's a beautiful it's one of the loveliest roads in southeast london everyone at that point sort of sneers and goes yeah southeast london's shit oh it fucking isn't it's got a beautiful georgian village in the middle of it right peckham's beautiful um and campbell grove is you can google it it's lovely so i was living in ruth in this big big five-story georgian house she had the um fourth floor flat there was just one above us and um, walked out one day to my wine bar job. I had two. I had one in Campbell, one in Covent Garden. And there was Jeff. I didn't know he was called Jeff at that time. I could have guessed. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeff. Jeff. What kind of a fucking name is that then? You know, sometimes you look at them and that's what comes to mind. You go, know, Jeff. Anyway. Um, <laughs> He was underneath this, he, he was a, race, a racing Porsche. It was a vintage racing Porsche. Um, and I thought, hmm, nice ankles. <laughs> His head was under the car, right? I, there's no way he could fit under a car now. <laughs> that, it, it would have to be so winched up. It would have, have to be on sort of like, you know, six foot of bricks, to be honest, to get him underneath it these days. But he, we gave each other a look, and it was, it was a very significant look. And I basically moved in on him about six months later, and he didn't want me to move in. <laughs> I did it by stealth. You know, I you stay overnight, and I just leave one more thing there. <laughs> and it was a bit like the Great Escape in reverse. <laughs> you know, just a little bit in, a little bit in by stealth. And then one day, I thought, fucking hell, I'm sick of having little plastic bags of knickers all over this flat. And he was very minimalist. He was very. Um, he didn't have any furniture. He had a big pebble. <laughs> designer and uh, he was a designer he was the um graphic designer at the tv times at the time he had money he had a porsche he had a flat he had luncheon vouchers <laughs> I, honestly it was a stroke of fucking genius on my part <laughs> and then there was this big um chest of drawers for sale outside the local pub and it was about 150 quid it was big and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to move in with this bloke. I'm going to move. I'm not going to give him any choice. And I paid a couple of blokes in the pub to carry this thing into his flat. He came back from the TV Times that night where he'd been working. And I basically said, I, I live here now. <laughs> I've got furniture yeah. and I'm, I'm in. So, yeah, that was it. And that's it. And there's no way. Once that's in, that's in. he no, can't no, get that out He couldn't get it own. out, not by himself. No, no. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I wasn't helping him. <laughs> well, by this point, it's full of my knickers. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, Joe Jackson did a song called Everything Gives You Cancer, didn't he? No. Didn't he? I don't was that think Joe Jackson? So. Was that? Yeah, it was. Was it Joe Jackson sang Everything yeah. Gives You Cancer? Should have listened, shouldn't I? Should have listened to him, but... <laughs> well, isn't that a weird... Like, uh, well, the 70s a weird time where you could go, I've got a good idea for a song. Spread it out. 
<laughs> everything gives you cancer. Yeah. It was cancer. Yeah, yeah. Everything gives you cancer. Yeah. There's no that sounds cure. Like Joe. There's no answer. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just realised cancer rhymed with answer. I thought, I've got to use this. <laughs> everything gives you cancer. No one went, no, Jim, no. But Remember, don't, kind of, don't you think... It's kind of right. Everything yeah, does I know, it does, but you only put in a fucking song. Yeah, oh, go, let's go down the disco. Oh, everything gives you cancer. Fucking hell. Don't you know it's different for girls? Good. Yeah. yeah. There's a little message in there. Yeah. Everything but... gives you cancer. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> yes. How did he do that? Why did he Still, do that? Why, why did he why do did that? Why did he do it, Jenny? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to leave the podcast on that. Uh, <laughs> On that, on that tragic question. note, yes. <laughs> Every, remember, everything gives you cancer and it's different for girls. <laughs> so they don't get cancer, girls don't get cancer. <laughs> I, think, I think that was the, I think that was the Turn out. Turn that around. I think I did. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause to the wonderful Taskmaster winner halfway through the series. Yeah. <laughs> Stop watching now. <laughs> Jenny Eclair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Jenny Eclair. The music is, of course, by Scant Regard. We all know that by now. Don't even know that yet. I do. Thank you. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you to him. I'm indebted to Chris Evans, not that one. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre and everyone who knows me. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStripe.com production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFastTheStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.